0: But more importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and the brands that call it home can thrive for generations to come. Victoria Lemos is a self-proclaimed history nerd. Her love of knowledge and the people and places that came before us has always been there. She spent her childhood in New York, as well as visiting family in Spain, two places rich in history. Now, each and every week, Victoria releases a new episode of her podcast, Archive Atlanta, in which she tells stories about people, events, and places that have influenced the history of our city. It's our pleasure to introduce Victoria Lemos from Archive Atlanta. I first want to ask you, you you're a self-proclaimed history nerd that I think is pretty obvious when you listen to the show, (laughs) but how far does that go back? When did that start for you?
1: so i tried to figure this out because people ask and i don't know exactly but what i've pieced together is uh my parents are both immigrants they're both from spain so Mm. when we were kids our only family vacations were family trip to spain which Mm. sounds really exciting but I've also said it's kind of like going your grandma's house in Florida. You know, right. it's just, we just went to my grandma's house. Um, but, you know, Spain's really old. So there was yeah. Roman lighthouses and, and it was all very regular. Like, mm. oh, there's a Roman numerals etched into a stone, you know, in grandma's backyard or something. Yeah. So I think I had that. And then New York, which is where I was born, also old. You know, I yeah. grew up like very George Washington slept here. You know, mm. this happened here. And so when I was headed down south, I'm like, oh, this sucks, right? Like, (laughs) the south is civil war, I hate war, history, and Mm. then it's gone with the wind. Um, But then, when I, (laughs) I was so wrong, obviously. So when I started getting down here, I'm like, oh, there's like thousands of stories, and some are small, and some are big, and I was like, and nobody knows about this. Nobody told me about them. So yeah, so.
0: Well, I was just having a conversation with uh, a guy the other day about, you know, anywhere else, not anywhere else, but in Europe and even in the Northeast, you have these hundreds of years of history, and it's so. What I love about your podcast is Atlanta. It's so hard to find that because of obviously our history and things catching on fire yes. and you know tearing things down like we yeah. love to do here in the city. Um, and so you're you're uncovering some things that I don't think a lot of people know about, which is really cool. But okay, so. You said you grew up in New York. Yes. Tell me about the circumstances that, um, you know, kind of define what you wanted to do for a career and then also sort of this side hustle that you have now of leading tours, you know, really learning yeah. about history and sort of, you know, just continually learning, uh, you know, about history in and, and whatever uh, place you happen to be and, and uh, living in, it, living in it at the time.
1: So it's funny because I thought about this the other day. I am, I think I fit into the millennial category, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that when you grow up first generation or with immigrant parents, it's a different world. So I grew up very much like very blue collar in a blue collar town with parents that are like, you do your job, right? Like you go to work, you come home. This is your sure. job. I've never once, like my parents have never been like, you should love what you do. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, not that I end up, my day jobs have always been fine. I mean, I basically I started paralegal stuff in New York, mm. and then I got a job with a company that was headquartered here in Atlanta. So, mm. moved to Atlanta, and then when I got here, that company went under, and I got into uh, property management yeah. or real, commercial real estate. So that's, you know, that's been like a 12 year journey now. Wow. Um, but I started to do the stuff I liked on the side, you know, right. Mm. So at first I just started going on tours. Like I, like I went on the sweet Auburn tour so many times that I used to drive <laughs> the guide back to his car. Yeah, It's like, it was a one way tour. And so we would end and it'd be like, Oh, hop in oh, you know, I'll right. drop you off. And I had done it so many times. I was like, you know, I should volunteer. Mm. And, and then I did. So then I started volunteering and then it was, you know, basically I went on a bike tour and yeah. met Robin, boom, three years now doing bike tours, you know, yeah. and then it was just like reading and reading and unsuspecting strangers and family members that just don't want it, didn't want to hear about it, right? Like, sure. so I'd be like, that's a pretty building. I'm like, did you know? <laughs> and I get I get into this like zone where I'm like, actually, yeah. 18, blah, blah, blah. Um. So anyway, my husband really was the, he was really like, you should do a podcast. Mm. And I'm like scared of technology you know I'm just I'm a little bit old inside I'm like joke I'm a 90 year old so I was like I don't know how to work this but you know here we are so trial and error my goal is just to like get this information out there
0: yeah well you kind of like took a little bit of my next question but I want to dive deeper into that of it's one thing to to have a passion for history and to you know be going on tours or whatever it is but what was there like a, an event or something that happened that, that made you kind of decide, and maybe it was, you know, your husband's urging, okay, I've got to figure out a way to package this, to get it out for other people to, to consume and learn about.
1: So I think that the biggest hurdle is the mental hurdle, right? Mm -hmm. It's that internal, no one's going to want to hear me, what I have to say, Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert. So I'm, I've, met other people like me we all have this same fear like we're not historians Hmm. we don't have a degree you know like who do we think we are um so there's I feel like it's just the mental hurdle so many people out there they're creating things and they don't even think they're creating things and they're keeping them hidden because they're scared and I tell people this every time I'm 65 episodes in or whatever every single week I'm like this is horrible This is going to be the worst episode ever. (laughs) And then, and it'll be that episode that people are like, this is the best episode. It's my favorite. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like, I think I had that in me since volunteering. So six years ago or something, I had that passion of sharing, but I was only doing it with these people that selected to like come on my tour. And now I'm more like, I'm going to put it out there and hopefully snag some. Yeah. Some mid range people, right? Like, that's what I always joke. Like, my my niche is like these people that you don't want to read 700 pages about Mm -hmm. the Leo Frank murder, right? But I do. And I'm going to read those 700 pages (laughs) and I'm going to package it up for you. And you can listen to me. 15 minutes
0: and you're good. (laughs) You can listen to me talk
1: about it. And then, hey, you know, there's so many episodes you might not care about one, but maybe Mm -hmm. you care about another one that's going to spark something.
0: Well, I would love to hear kind of what your. Processes of selecting a topic, but then once you kind of have something you decided you want to um, talk about, what's your process of, of research, which kind of your go-to system to, to learn about these places to the point where you can, you know, feel like yeah. you're educated enough to do a, a 20-minute podcast?
1: It has come a long way since mm-hmm. the beginning. So bef- when I first started, it was whatever a layperson I joke could get, you know, a book from Barnes and Noble yeah. or... Um, or the internet. I've since gotten access to newspaper archives, Mm. um, and then there's like a scholarly kind of journal website. Um, So I keep a running Google Doc that's like a dump of just Mm. information. So people say something, I think of something. Um, The first thing I always start is if there's a national register form uh, nomination. So people... We'll write those are usually really good about the highlights of the neighborhood. Um, And then I'm always in the newspaper. So newspapers, on one hand, you have to be really cautious because who's writing them, right? Mm. So when it's it's 1883 Atlanta in the journal, in the Atlanta (laughs) Journal, that's a white person, Uh you know, writing this. So you kind of have to take that into consideration, but it does give you this view of what happened. Sure. Um, so there's that. If, if there's a book on something, which you'd be surprised what there's books about, um, there's, I'll read the book. And then if there's a paper about it, maybe somebody wrote their college thesis about something. Right. Also read that. And then I'm just sort of taking notes. So I kind of just outline this whole thing into bullet points. And then I personally write most of what I say. If I wing it, probably like an hour you know you don't want me to wing things Mm -hmm. always so it's like so it keeps me organized where I'll go off script a little bit but I'm like okay I gotta come back yeah to here so and that's kind of it
0: I'm surprised by that because you're very conversational people say that yes
1: and that's my goal so I I am it works for me I have it written out and I kind of write it in the way I speak sure so it keeps me sounding a little more conversational right but then also on topic
0: podcasting 101 for those of you out out there listening. Um, So one thing that I really admire about what you do is, and maybe it's because you didn't grow up in Atlanta, you weren't born here, but you have a very, um, you know, unfiltered view of both the good and the bad of the history of this city. Uh, And you're very like open and, You know, out front with, just like you said, take this piece of newspaper, you know, clipping from 1883 with a grain of salt because, you know, and and I love that you're not avoiding the topics that talk about, you know, the 1906 race riot, the things that are really impactful in shaping the history of the city. Talk about that for a minute and just about, you know, this is not a, you know, bright and sunny history of Atlanta. Everybody like, let's celebrate how great we've been for hundreds of years, like you're getting down into the nitty gritty and talking about the ugly warts in the in the history of the city.
1: Yeah. So the first thing I notice, and I've I just told someone yesterday is because I'm not from here, I don't have preconceived ideas hmm. of where I'm supposed to be and not be. Um, so when I <laughs> this sounds weird. So I was I was married before um, yeah. to someone that pretty much grew up in the metro area, hmm. and I remember you know I find that people that have lived here before the Olympics or even longer. You kind of were like, oh, no, we don't go there like we don't go to that street I would never go to that area. This is where these people go is where those people go (laughs) and I don't know those rules, right? So I'm just driving around and I'm looking at stuff. I'm like, oh, what street is this? Okay, it's part of this neighborhood so that I think I guess makes me a little different. I'm not I don't know where I'm not supposed to be going, right? (laughs) Um, but also it's Atlanta and race is part of our story. Right. I, I struggle with it that, um, obviously a white girl talking about this. So I, (laughs) I struggle with that too, that I try to be really cautious about telling stories that, um, you know, aren't mine to tell, I guess. Yeah. And I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, Hey, the way my, my motto, I guess is I am just presenting this right. I Mm. I'm very not not giving opinions you know I'm not kind of injecting how I feel about this or how I think these people felt I'm just gonna lay out the information sure and I think for me it is more important to share this than you know waiting till the right person can share it right and some people might disagree and it might be controversial but that is how I feel about it
0: well, and it gives people the opportunity, like you said, uh, in the last question, just to go out and learn more about it themselves. Yeah. Cause again, and, I'm not
1: doing, you know, I'm not right. doing two hours and Hey, this is how sure. I feel and this is, and I don't even go into, this is why this happened. Right. right? I'm, I'm just like, this happened. These are the facts that I'm going to give you. Yeah. Let me know, you know, research it yourself or you write a book about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, tell me in this whole process, like you said, you're 65 episodes in now It'll thereabouts, six, Yeah. Um, what, what have you been surprised about, about the city?
1: Wow. Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think what surprises me in every single week is our problems are not new. Hmm. Uh, there is truly a newspaper article about everything we talk about now, big and small, right? There's articles about bicyclists rallying for smoother roads, mad about potholes from like 1893, (laughs) right? There was a cemetery cleanup, you know, let's clean up Utoy Cemetery in 1919. You know, there's, I just, it's the same stuff over and over. People Hmm. are, people are worried about the same things of course, you know, different technologies, but it's that same core story just yeah. shifted. And that's why I love history. And I think that's why I want to like spread these stories. Cause it's yeah. like, you know, if you can just understand, like we've been struggling with this, we've, right. we've been dealing with this, this has been an issue. Like maybe it helps us actually solve it. right? Sure. <laughs> so in another hundred years, I'm not like, oh, in 2020, this yeah.
0: is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. History is doomed. What's the say? History is doomed to repeat itself. Like if you're not paying yeah. attention. Right. Um, so I've heard you reference a few times that you have a list of favorite Atlantans and you know, you'll say this person's definitely on the list. So it makes me curious and I don't want to steal your thunder for future episodes, no. but who's your favorite Atlantan? So,
1: ATLian, I
0: should say. Yeah. Yes.
1: I'm going to go with John Wesley Dobbs. Okay. I think he is in the top three. Mm. And mainly, and I did a whole episode on him.
0: Yeah, which I loved, by the yeah, way. Mostly yeah, mostly because
1: no one knows about him. Hmm. Nobody knows who he is. He has a giant sculpture of his head on Auburn Avenue. <laughs> right, people? I mean, you come off the highway, it's or you're going on the highway, it's right there. Yeah. And still no one knows. And so I love telling his story because it kind of lets people understand that Yes, Dr. King was born in Atlanta and the civil rights, hmm. you know, lived here. It was a home of the civil rights movement. But people were doing this work long before right. him. So John Wesley Dobbs is like that, you know, thir- 20s, 30s, 40s person. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's Maynard Jackson's grandpa, right? right? Like that's always my punchline. Like I'm like, yeah, you know, he had six daughters. And he loved his daughters, but he so wanted a boy. And yeah. then his first grandson, or his first grandchild, <laughs> is Major Jackson. And people right. are like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs>
0: yeah, which I'm ashamed to to admit, I had no idea about that. Don't until feel bad. I heard your episode. You are.
1: You, if, I mean, if somebody yeah. does know about him, I'm like, "Who are you?"
0: Right. Who paid you? <laughs> yeah, and my brother's a Georgia State grad. So when I heard that episode, you know John Wesley Dobbs is right there. Yeah, on the campus. street named after him. Yeah. Um, the street named after him, and I immediately called him and I was like, "Do you know anything about John Wesley Dobbs?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I'm on that street every day." <laughs> did I'm like, he "No, know? yeah, yeah, no." And so his it's house cool is things still like there.
1: that. You know, people don't realize his house is still there. Right. And, um, and, and even the things his daughters did. Right. I mean, these are six black women first, you know, black opera singer to sing in La Scala, yeah. you know, desegregated Atlanta's library system. I think his youngest daughter was the first black sexologist, hmm. you know, just doing incredible stuff Like yeah. and kind of forgotten to history.
0: Sure. And he's, he, you can definitely tell he's a father who insisted like a certain set of values in his family that have lived on for, yes. you know, a hundred years now. Totally. So it's yeah. cool. It's cool. So, you know, I heard, uh, The episode you did about the fire department and you talked about, you know, the relationships that you've made in this process with folks, um, and these first, you know, these first level sources of people just telling you stories. What's that been like for you to interact with some of these people that have been in the city for a long time or have had family here and have reached out to you after hearing your podcast and say, Hey, I've got a story I want to tell you.
1: It's I say the best part of this, mm. the best. And I, I am hard on myself that, you know, I have two jobs and a child and a family and I can't mm. meet these people beforehand sometimes, but I have made legitimate friends that I hang out with to yeah. this day. I've been in people's houses, like total strangers. <laughs> and I've been, yeah. um, you know, someone's like, Hey, I, I work at this church, you know, you should come see it mm. or the fire department and the firemen and women have just been so welcoming. I, I try not to be biased, but truly I am in love with the Atlanta firefighters. I mean, my husband totally teases me about it, especially yeah. when I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm not gonna be home tomorrow. I'm actually having dinner at the firehouse. And he's like, "Okay, you're having dinner with firemen. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I was, I mean, they welcomed me in, they cooked me dinner. Um, and, you know, talked to me for hours yeah. and then showed me all the equipment, you know, mm. and just, They are the most welcoming and they all love history, which that was a shock for me too. They're like, yeah, you know, we go in these buildings, we see them every day. So, uh, you know, they hooked me up with uh, Chief Talbert. So Mm. I went to Chief Talbert's house um, and learned as much as I could from him. But yeah, yeah, it's... The people that have reached out have been truly the best part of this process.
0: Yeah. Well, and the firemen in Atlanta a lot of times are sort of the last line of defense in protecting some of this history that is lost so frequently, um, you know, in our city's history due to fire. So it's cool that, you know, that group of people, you know, has sort of risen to the the top as you're going through this process. But all right, I'm going to get a little controversial with you here. (laughs) And I don't want to get people mad at you, but I I, I want you to, this is a safe place, so be be honest. So I grew up in metro Atlanta. The city is a very different place than it was when I was growing up, in a lot of really positive ways. But there's a a controversy in our city right now um, that we're facing with the whole gentrification thing, with what the Beltline has done uh, to the city, which... And I'm curious, just to know, as a as a person, as a history lover, how do you kind of what's what's your lens on what's going on in the city? With so many things being revitalized and sort of you know restored to their original thing, but a lot of things are still being torn down, and a lot of neighborhoods are becoming something that they weren't previously. So how do you, how do you see this?
1: I have strong opinions about hmm. it, and I always preface this with you know I'm not a architect or historian I'm also not always great with current stuff so Hmm. there are lots of people in Atlanta speaking about gentrification that I follow and go listen to right Um, especially uh, King Williams has a documentary about it and knows talks about it so I'm trying to learn from other people Hmm. the way I feel about it from the history lover perspective is uh, I see that it's normally neighborhoods of low-income neighborhoods Hmm. or black neighborhoods that the destruction is happening, mm. fastest and most often. So I always throw out, let's say, Cabbage Town, for yeah. example. Cabbage Town is super strict with their rules, right? You can't build a giant purple cube house with a right. tower on it, you know? You you have right. to keep the integrity of the neighborhood. And so what happens in Cabbage Town is, you can walk there today, and that's almost exactly what it looked like in 1881, yeah. right? It gives you such a peek into this life of a mill town, Meanwhile, right next door in Reynolds town it has its own history, right? <laughs> but in Reynolds yeah. town doesn't have those protections. So Reynolds town, you'll see is kind of this lots of new building and then lots of the modern cube houses. Right. And so personally, I don't like those houses, you know, mm-hmm. just but what I hate is that in 10 years or 15 years in some of these places, when you're walking around, how do you even tell that story? You yeah. know, how do you explain to someone Yes, well, you know the people in Reynolds Town. They they'd get out every morning and they'd walk over to Hulsey Yard with their lunch pails, you know, and then they they'd come home to this. Well, no, not this not this glass cube house. Actually, yeah. you know, it was a small, you know. So it right. just it disconnects <laughs> people from that story. Sure. And that what I find sad is that it's happening again in poor neighborhoods and in black neighborhoods.
0: Yeah, of course the the history is almost you know not valued as as much as it is in some of the you know like. Like the other areas that you're, you're talking yeah, about, totally. like Cabbage Town. And you, yeah. you
1: understand. So, I mean, when people in a neighborhood are struggling to feed themselves mm. or maintain housing or find jobs, like preservation's low on the list, right? right? So, you can understand why that happens, but it just makes me sad. So, sure. development's great and revitalization is great. It's the fact when you wipe out what something used to look like. Right. You
0: know. Yeah, I've been fascinated by, and you've referenced it in a few episodes by just sort of that part of the history of this city where you're talking about like the formation of the interstates and how that literally cut neighborhoods in half and. And just you know the the lack of regard for, for like uh, minority neighborhoods in the process of that, and um, you know I just listened to your Buckhead episode last week that was talking about how Buckhead was this like country escape yeah. for folks you know in the city, and was basically annexed you know to to help with an election yeah. you know and to balance out or to basically stifle like the growth of minority voters. Yeah. Um, people pretty don't, fascinating stuff
1: you know again it's not even being sensational this is the way it was yeah. like that episode is, is coming one day when I'm comfortable getting all the information but you know I-20 is there for a reason it's mm. where it is for a reason right yeah. the, even the stadium the brave right. stadium I mean I, the, the old brave <laughs> that stadium that was a
0: little depressing to me yeah, I mean, that one. Ivan yes. Allen you
1: know he was trying to play both sides and he. Yeah. but the white downtown business district wanted a buffer between these quote unquote encroaching black neighborhoods hmm. you know even three through Sweet Auburn the, the connector makes a sharp turn right yeah. right through Sweet Auburn so none of this is accidental you know yeah. and um there's a 1946 there was something called the Lochner Report hmm. and it's I mean it's right there on paper where this report is like we should clear out this neighborhood <laughs> because it's crappy you know
0: unbelievable <laughs> crappy equaling yeah
1: people of color living there hmm. so like I said that's it yeah that's a scary episode I'm just kind of putting on the back burner cuz it's a lot of information sure. and people probably feel strongly about it.
0: Sure. Well, and I think, you know, like you said before, we need to have the conversations and we need to know the history of the city and we need to know like moving forward not to make these mistakes again. So, and and I'm hopeful with I think one of the really noble and cool things about what the Beltline can do if it if it in its finished form works like it's supposed to, it can connect these yes, neighborhoods. That's the you idea. idea.
1: that was Gravel's idea, right? Exactly. connecting people.
0: One hundred percent. And
1: that's why we have to stick with that original idea. Like, how do we make this a way for everybody to get around and go to places that, you know, not have right. a place where someone's not supposed to go. One hundred percent.
0: And not make a you know a perimeter of trails that all that. You know everything around the Beltline looks the same. That's not the idea. Yeah. You know, it's to celebrate these forty-plus neighborhoods and what they mean to the city and the different people that live there. So I'm holding out hope. I don't <laughs> know. Too, you know, <laughs> and on the side of the building here at Switchyards where we're recording is a Gravel quote that says, "Atlanta is not perfect, but you can redefine what it's going to be." And that's I cool. Love that. So you know, keep keep up the good fight, Victoria. I'm with you. I'm with you. Try. But uh, okay, so. Taking a step back a little bit from, um, you know, the, the controversial. What's what's ahead for you with Archive Atlanta? What do you have plans to um, change it up at all? Do you have goals for it? What what do you see the future holding for it?
1: I have lots of ideas. Mm. Um, I'm still waiting for you know the extra day in the week to come, but. Mm. I do want a better website. So, I mean, there is a real website, but I mean a really real website where I can, you know, put up maybe even some written posts or something. Right. I am thankfully married to a computer programmer, so it's (laughs) sad that I don't yet have a website. The other day I'm like, hey. So, you know, we can make that happen. Um, Also interviewing. Mm. I think it's something I really want to do. I'm missing some equipment to do it, and I think it's more of just the scheduling, but there are... People that like the Civil War, let's say, that's a big topic, mm-hmm. and there are people that you know know all about it and give tours on it. So yeah. it's like, hey, I can talk to this person. Um, and then I want to really find a way to incorporate, like you said earlier, people love talking about Atlanta, yeah, and they love, you know, oh, I my mom used to take me to Riches, or you know, <laughs> we used to get ice cream on this corner. Yeah. We used to go to the pool. We used to get on the trolley. I, I mean, I, those are the stories I've heard. Right, one yeah. guy the Weinkauf fire episode, right. which was really early on. he said was his,
0: depressing, by the yes, way. Yes, it's, it, it's
1: horribly sad. But <laughs> oh so gosh. his grandpa lived in, in South Georgia. Yeah. And I said in the episode that if you had a major medical emergency, you were being like taken to Atlanta. Right. He like almost cut his leg off and then almost lost his leg because of the fire was going on and he couldn't get wow. in. So all that stuff, and I'm trying to figure out a way. I don't know if it's like a call in line where people hmm. can like leave a little snippet and I can share yeah. it. But I so see this desire for people to just share. And not everybody knows how to work a podcast or have one, and so I really want to figure out how to do that. Yeah. So it's like website, interviewing. um,
0: You know, you can set up a Google voice line that people can leave voicemails on. (laughs) And you can actually save those voicemails as and audio files.
1: That was my connection. So I didn't know if I could save that as an audio file.
0: Yes, can. ma'am, you Okay, we
1: did it. So now it's starting tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> so that was something I really wanted to do. And that's now that cool. you've told me that's possible. Um, okay, yeah. so I'm. that's a good to know. So something like that. Um, yeah. What else? And then I have a Patreon where I do mini episodes. I'd like to get like more organized with yes. that.
0: Plug, plug that please. Yes. Yeah, so, well to there know is right now.
1: So I, I'm yeah. not doing ads and I've gotten some requests and it's just not mm. something I want to undertake right now. Sure. But uh, Patreon. So if you go to P A T R E O com yep. forward slash archive Atlanta. So it's only a dollar a month that you have to give me. And I right. do mini episodes. There's so many little tiny stories that, mm-hmm. you know, I can't always fit them in. And so recently I've been jumping on that like true crime stuff um and I did like two murders uh but even like I think the next one I want to do is about the uh, curb market over on Edgewood mm-hmm. you know little stuff that I love to share but maybe it's seven minutes maybe it's eight minutes yeah. something like that so I've been doing that's that cool. I'd like to build that up a little more and I think that's a short list for now
0: <laughs> yeah well as I I know you're a mom and I know that you know, your full time job and then the tours and now this Archive Atlanta thing is it can be all consuming. Yes. So I want to issue props to you <laughs> <Thank> because you. <laughs> as a father of three myself, I'm I'm in awe of how you're, you're pulling that it off. People say all the
1: time. Like, how do you do yes. this? i like, I don't know.
0: You just do it. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you
1: know, right. Like when you love doing something, it doesn't feel like work. 100%. So, yes, I put my daughter to sleep and I'm, you know, reading papers. I mean, I was reading papers, eating dinner last night. There's like spaghetti all over these newspaper articles. <laughs> from the 1902 Pittsburgh riot, you know? So yeah. you just make it happen.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. So thank you for doing what you're doing as a native Atlantan. Um, it hurts me to say, um, you know, that a Yankee is having such a great impact <laughs> know, on our city. It. But I do consider you an adopted that uh, uh, at this, at this point. You. So again, thank you. And I appreciate you being on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It was so much fun.
0: Yes, ma'am. To keep up with Victoria and the podcast, follow her on social media at Archive Atlanta. If you've been listening and would like an additional opportunity to support the show, we've got the perfect fit. Our first T-shirt, the Our City Our Story T, is now available on our website. To get yours, head to atlborn.com/shop. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you'd like to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at ConnextATL.com. Special thanks go out to our producer, Catherine Hilliard, and the Connext Media team of Chris Hilliard, Mackenzie Bates, and Andrew Blaylock. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women you can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.